Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why you might pursue a 30-day challenge, and we will talk to writer Frank Bruni about his new book, The Beauty of Dusk. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am in my home office in New York City, and joining me today from Puerto Rico is my sister Elizabeth Kraft, my sister the sage. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a writer and producer living in L.A., although right now I'm in Puerto Rico on Fantasy Island where we're shooting season two. Gretchen, I'm coming to you straight from the set. I just got back from set. Oh, fancy. Yes. Ooh. Before we launch in, a few things. Last week, we talked about how you can sign up for the show notes by email if you go to happiercast.com slash show notes. And I want to remind everybody that this is the week we're going to have that special exclusive insider video content. So go to sign up for the show notes if you want that. And also, we got a great update from our listener, Carolyn. Yeah, she says, I wanted to move slash exercise more, but couldn't find anything I would or could do. I hate just walking around the circle in my senior community. I hate chair exercises for seniors. I hate struggling into a bathing suit for the pool. I loved walking in New York City or any other city when we traveled, but COVID put an end to that. But I think I found a solution in your last podcast in Hack. In trying to pair up something I like to do with walking, I've settled on driving to wherever I need slash want to be and parking my car there. Then I set my watch alert for 10 minutes and walk away from my car. When it bings 10 minutes later, I walk back and continue my activity. Done. It worked with an errand like driving into town to the hardware store, as well as for meeting a friend for lunch at a restaurant. I did my 20 minutes and something else that I wanted to do. Posting a photo for every park and walk is a fun record of my achievement. My tendency is rebel. I am purpose-driven in all I do. Because of that, I've accomplished a lot in my 79 years. This might just be the answer to my aversion to exercising just for the sake of exercising. This is such a, a great, easy way to use pairing. If she's using the Happier app, she can use the photo log. I love this idea of the park and walk photo. It's a great way for a rebel to get themselves to do this. It's not standardized. I just thought this was such an elegant solution. Yes. It's sort of like parking in the furthest parking spot at the mall. Yes. It's like a way of building exercise into your errands. Absolutely. Oh, Gretchen, I just realized I didn't turn on my ring light before we started. Oh, yeah. We're on YouTube. I'm trying to use my ring light. Yeah, let's see. Turn it on. Yeah, we got it. Let me see if you can tell the difference. This is the pressure of YouTube. 
Ooh, nice. How do I look? Oh, much nicer. Okay, good. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Now for the try this at home. This week's try this at home tip is to pursue a series of monthly challenges. In episode 363, we talked about the challenge of pushing beyond a 30-day challenge. We talked about why sometimes with doing a 30-day challenge, you had all this energy and excitement doing it, and then at the end of the 30 days, it all went away, and the limitations of that and what to do about that. And a listener had a great suggestion as a way to reframe this frustration with 30-day challenges. Yes, this comes from Tori. She says... I have a suggestion for the listener with a question about keeping up habits after finishing challenges. The questioner writer could reframe this problem as a strength because it is. They found an approach that works for them. They love working towards goals slash finish lines. Instead of getting rid of the idea of finish lines, they could focus on planning regular challenges slash goals throughout the year so there are no breaks. Instead of trying to push beyond a 30-day challenge, do another challenge. For instance, a yoga with Adrian 31-day yoga challenge in January, a mobility and strength yoga challenge in February, working toward a yoga headstand in March, buying an unlimited yoga class pass for the month of April where the challenge is getting their money's worth, etc. Or Hatha yoga in January, vinyasa in February, restorative yoga in March, etc. This is similar to what you said about scheduling another race before you run the first race, but plan for the whole year and embracing the fun of a challenge. You can choose easier or non-daily challenges slash goals for times you know will be hard. As someone with ADHD, novelty and a built-in structure are really important for me. The idea of different novel challenges that are all different ways of working on my fitness health priorities sounds way more appealing to me than an indefinite slog of milestones. You can make the challenges different enough that it feels like they're building on each other or switching gears, not starting over. Such a good idea. Well, this is such a good idea. And I love, I can see how it would work for Rebels because there's more change. There's more novelty. There's a feeling of gamification. And it really is a way to harness the power of the 30-day challenge, but avoid that fall off that comes with it. You know, I have my don't break the chain tracker. You could still use something like this for the 30 days. Oh, yeah. 30 days by 30 days by 30 days. So you still have that consistent move towards the aim. You're just changing the mini aims. I think that's brilliant. Yes. yes. And I love the idea that one month the thing could be once a week or twice a week and then another month every day. And by planning it, you're deciding how many days of the week it is or the month it is. And so it'll keep you from just that massive fall off. Right. Well, and I think, you know, I mean, Alyssa, you said this to me one time, you can do anything for 30 days. There's the novelty and there's just, I can see the numbers moving. That's a very limited amount of time. So you get that energy. But the fact is, the problem with the challenge is if people think this is enough to form the habit, the indefinite habit, it doesn't do that very well. Right. But it is a good way to sort of get something done. And so the question is, how do you combine those things? Consistency over the long term plus the stick-to-itiveness. And so this is a way to have both of those together. Yeah. What I love, Gretchen, is your core thing that I always go back to in your work is living in an atmosphere of growth. 
And by setting different yeah. challenges every month, you're sort of automatically living in an atmosphere of growth because you're trying new things or a new way of doing something or learning something deeper right. about it. So I just love that. Well, and one of the things I also like about the 30-day things is I feel like when you start the new month, you do sort of get that jumpstart feeling. And I've been thinking a lot about that. You know, I've been designing these jumpstarts because it does yes. seem to me that sometimes we need a little bit of an extra push. You need those jumper cables <laughs> coming at you. And so if people want to look for those jumpstarts, it's at happiercast.com slash rest and happiercast.com slash movement for that kind of jumpstart. But for these 30 days, I do think it's interesting, like you might have yoga for the year, or you might experiment with lots of different 30-day challenges, just as sort of mini experiments. Our listener, Laura, had a great idea. Let's say you wanted one of your 30 days to be work. You wanted to use your month, your 30-day challenge to improve your work life. So her ideas included things like cleaning your office and workspace, getting a handle on your devices and your cords and your batteries, buying beautiful tools like pens or like a great notebook, making things more comfortable by working on your lighting and your chair, thinking about what frustrates you and how you might resolve it and what you love and how you might do more of it, doing a better job of taking breaks, updating your resume, identifying like, do you wanna do better at training or do you want more networking? Do you need a certification? You can think of how you could easily fill up 30 slots and mm. that would be your challenge and that would be very, very satisfying and yet it would feel limited. Yes. And then there's also a lot of ideas, Gretchen, for if you want every month to be a different kind of challenge. So one month you yeah. could refrain from alcohol or sugar, like dry January. Another month you yeah. could decide you're not going to have any social media or TV. Right. Or maybe you want to have something like, I want to talk to a stranger every day, <laughs> or I want to connect with somebody that I don't connect with enough. I want to reach out to somebody from my past every day for a month, or I'm not going to buy anything for a month, or I'm going to wake up and watch the sunrise every day for a month. Maybe you don't <laughs> want to wake up at sunrise Every day, but you for 30 days, that would be like a really beautiful experience. Yes. I mean, there's also a creative practice. So you could say if every day for a month, I'm going to sketch or write or practice an instrument. A lot of people want to meditate more or spend more time in prayer. So you could make that your monthly challenge. And then, of course, there's learning. You could have a month where you want to watch yeah. documentaries. You want to read a certain kind of book or listen to a certain kind of lecture. Yeah, you could do 30 days of Know Yourself Better questions. You know, I have my Know Yourself Better mm. journal. You could do that for 30 days. But Elizabeth, I had an idea. I want to do 30 days of culture. I'm going to try to get Jamie to do it with me, where for 30 days, because I live in New York City, there's so much to do. Once everything's back up and normal, I want to celebrate yeah. By doing like a concert, an exhibition, a lecture, walking the high line, whatever it is, every night for 30 days. That's oh a lot of culture, but I think it would be so gosh. fun. That is a lot of culture. Isn't that a great idea? I about that. It is. That's a great idea. Yeah. Maybe I'll add this to my 22 for 22. You know, I left myself a blank line. Yes. So. What month will this be? Hopefully a month where it's nice out. Yes. Yes. Well, let us know if you do try this at home and how pursuing a series of monthly challenges works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast.gretchenrubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 367. Or of course, you can sign up to get the show notes by email for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a fun sticker hack. We love stickers here at Happier. But first, this break. 
We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef-crafted, dietitian approved recipes each week with options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly. The recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So Elizabeth, the happiness hack, as you said, it combines stickers plus whimsy. And boy, we love whimsy. (laughs) This is a fun, fun hack. Yes, it comes from Caitlin. She says, I recently discovered that one can buy scratch-off stickers and turn anything you like into a custom scratch-off. Valentine's, birthday cards, party favors. Write whatever you want and then cover it up with the sticker. This low-effort, low-cost little detail makes notes and cards just a little more special. Who knew? Who knew? This is so cool. I will post a link to it in the show notes if you are like, oh my gosh, I have never seen such a thing. This is so fun. I haven't quite conceived of how I'm going to use this, but my mind is on fire. If anybody's got any great suggestions, I want to know how to make this fun. This seems really, really fun. Yes, because scratching off those scratchers is just so satisfying. We all love to scratch off that stuff, whatever it is. Yes, you want to do that. A scratch off wants to be scratched (laughs) off. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Great hack. Thank you. And now an interview with Frank Bruni. Frank Bruni has been a prominent journalist for more than 30 years, most of those years at the New York Times, where he has held a wide range of positions, including White House correspondent, Rome bureau chief, chief restaurant critic, and op-ed columnist. He has written three New York Times bestselling books. 
These days, he's a professor at Duke University, and I have known Frank for several years. He has a new memoir, The Beauty of Dusk, on vision lost and found. In late 2017, Frank woke up one morning with impaired vision. It turned out that a stroke had cut off blood to his optic nerve, which left him without sight in one eye, and the same disorder put his other eye at risk, too. In his memoir, he writes about what he learned about himself and from others through this experience. Hello, Frank. Thanks so much for being here. Welcome. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, Liz. I'm so delighted to join you. Hey. So, Frank, I love this book, and it's so beautiful that I want you to like kick us off by reading from an early part of the book. You hit so many of the big themes. Would you read that passage for us? I would be delighted to. Okay. So whether I was talking to doctors or other people or just in my own thoughts, there was, there was so much focus on limits and how I might be limited. And this passage of the book is about a paradoxical reaction I had, how I didn't so much feel limited as different in a, in a way that was consoling. Strangely, I began to feel more alive, more attuned, more appreciative. Did that make me a sort of cliché? You bet. And you should brace yourself for a boatload of clichés and jump ship if they're going to bother you. They shouldn't because a small part of what I came to appreciate was that clichés are clichés, pervasive, enduring, axiomatic, for a reason. They're kissing cousins with verities, down-market analogs of insights. When you're given lemons, you can indeed make lemonade, and that was a big part of my education, which included the confirmation that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, that clouds have silver linings, and that the night is darkest before dawn, although my story isn't about dawn. It's about dusk. It's about those first real inklings that the day isn't forever and that light inexorably fades. It's about a rising and then peaking consciousness that you're on borrowed and finite time. It's about a shifting temperature, an altered ambience. And it's about how paradoxical, enriching, and beautiful that dusk can be. My world blurred, but it also sharpened. I held my breath. I exhaled. I said hello to new worries. I said goodbye to old ones. A clever friend of mine summed up my status wittily and well. When one eye closes, another opens. With my one good eye, I looked harder and longer and, I hope, more soulfully at everything around me, starting with my acquaintances and friends. I realized that we know too little about the people in our lives because we inspect them only superficially, ask the easy and polite questions, edit them down to the parts that give us the least complicated and most immediate pleasure. There's heartache in them that we don't adequately recognize, triumph in them that we don't sufficiently venerate. On the morning after my stroke, I woke up to that as well. Well, and you picked up, you recently wrote a piece for the New York Times where you talked about your sandwich board theory of life. And you're talking about that in this passage without calling that. So that's such a memorable phrase. What is the sandwich board theory? Well, as I started to look at the people around me and try to put what had happened to me into perspective and to try to avoid that terrible trap of self-pity, which I think we're all so prey to, I realized that almost everybody you know has had some sort of struggle uh, it may be ongoing, it may be from the past, has something, some hurdle they have to get around, some obstacle that they deal with, but we don't, we don't know it or we don't keep sight of it because it's hidden, it's not, it's not visible. And I thought to myself, and I write about this in the book, if we all wore sandwich boards that just listed bullet points, 
some of the main things we're dealing with, some of the main things that we've been through. I don't think any of us would be as prone to self-pity as we are. And I think all of us would, would be so much more empathetic, would understand where people are coming from, and would be able to connect in a way we don't because so much of what we go through is hidden. I, people always say to me, but your eye looks fine, but you don't look mm. any different. Because what happened to me is behind my eye, you know, in my brain essentially, the optic nerve, but every day I struggle a little bit because of it. And if I wore a sandwich board, it would say lost sight in one eye, live with the fear of blindness. But nobody knows that unless I tell them. Right. We'd have so much more compassion and empathy for each other if we appreciated what people had going on that we don't have access to. Right. Exactly right. And Frank, the subtitle of the book is Vision Lost and Vision Found, which suggests that you gain something from this loss. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Part of what I gained was this fresh look at the people around me, this fresh understanding or this fresh reminder that I shouldn't be asking the question, why me? I should be asking the question, why not me? Because everybody is given something, right? What I'm going through isn't an extraordinary thing. It's just my thing. And so that's part of the found vision for me. I also, I've never felt so much gratitude because I've never been in a situation where I came upon a fork where I could decide to focus on what I'd lost, to focus on what had been taken from me, or I could focus on what I still had and, and what a privilege and blessing that is. So, I mean, take writing. You know, I, I have to budget extra time now to go back through everything I write. Mm. You know, and I write for a living, so that's a big thing. To look for typos that I never made before, dropped words, all of which have to do with the weird way in which the, the, the soup of my vision has made a gumbo of my <laughs> brain, right? But here's the thing. I can go back and do that. I can budget the extra time. And what I choose to focus on is how lucky I am that somebody still wants to read my words, that there are editors who call me and say, where's your story? And there are readers who email me and say, thank you for that. You, you, you don't control what happens to you, but you have complete control over how you think about it and emotionally process it and respond to it. That's the vision I found. One of the parts of the book that I enjoyed most was you talking about getting your dog. And you, you write about <laughs> going to Summit Park in Central Park. And I have to admit, I had never been to Summit Park. So I immediately ran out to check out Summit Park. So that was fun. But this, how did getting a dog play into this? We've been talking about this a lot because Elizabeth just recently got not just one, but two dogs. So we've been very focused on the role of dogs in a happier life. What, what, what was the catalyst for getting the dog? Well, you're going to be sorry you asked me about my dog or dogs <laughs> because I, that's something I can't shut up about. So I'm going, to try to be, <laughs> I'm going to try to be succinct, but my love for my dog is infinite. And, you know, I got the dog more kind of intuitively and, and viscerally, but I, I think I did know what I was doing and I came to understand it better later. I think that it is so easy when something befalls you like what befell me, when, so, when something happens that's, that's rare and that's a challenge and that feels like, you know, again, you, and you want, makes you want to ask that question, why me? I felt it was really important to do something other directed, mm. you know, mm. to, to do something that would take me outside myself yeah. and that would channel my energies not towards self-pity, not towards self-consumption, but towards something else. And I think getting the dog was, was about that. It, it gave me an enormous sense of strength and it gave me enormous pleasure and comfort mm. to make another being's life as good as I could, to make promises, to keep those promises. It was, it was, like, a, it was like an assertion of strength at a moment of weakness. And for me, the dog did all that. And 
on top of all the other things dogs do, and Elizabeth, I'm sure you're discovering this yes. too. I mean, it's just, uh, I, I probably say I love you to my dog 10 <laughs> times a day. And, I, and if I am 100% certain that if you could hook up some sort of monitor my brain, that there's a serotonin surge every time I say I love you. There's more contentment in my day, and I think it's really important when you're going through a tough time to figure out where some new sources of contentment yeah. might be. Yes, I feel the exact same way. And Frank, it seems like with everything you say that this experience just deepened your relationships with people and animals, whether they be strangers or friends or loved ones, it just feels like you're making deeper connections now. I think that's right. Um, and I think that when you, when you are vulnerable, when you open yourself to the world, when you wear a sandwich board in a, in a fashion, I mean, in, in a fashion writing about this, I wrote, I wrote some articles about this for the Times that, that helped pave the way to this book. I think people respond to it by sharing parts of themselves that they weren't sharing with you before. What most surprised me and, and was even more of an education was not parts of my friends that were now being shared with me and were newly accessible to me, but I found like acquaintances, people I crossed paths mm. with actually kind of began talking to me in a new way. I remember, and I, and I write about this in the book, and it was so meaningful to me. I remember going to Las Vegas for a long weekend. Don't judge me by <laughs> my um, affection for Las Vegas. And I, I made a, res a restaurant reservation um, in my name because I'm no longer, I was once a restaurant critic, I'm not now, so I can go as Frank Bruni, I don't have to hide my identity. And I guess the manager, one of the managers of the restaurant recognized my name, and I had just recently written an essay in the Times about what was going on with my vision, about my stroke and my, my lost eyesight. And he came up to me and he said, you know, I want you to know that that meant a lot. I've, I've had my own vision struggles. And he said enough to let me know that it might be okay to circle back. And so the next day, I called the restaurant. And I said, I, I didn't get his full name, and I'm wondering if you'd share his email address. And we ended up having a back and forth about his life story and, and the stories in the book. And, and it's an astonishing, wonderful story that just speaks to resilience and, and, and a positive outlook. I'm a better person for having heard it, and I'm a better person for hearing these stories with some regularity now because I've kind of put an open for business sign out mm. along with my sandwich board. Or maybe that is my sandwich <laughs> right. board. Right. Oh, interesting. By putting yourself out there, you draw others to you. Now, Frank, I know you took the Four Tendencies quiz, and so you're a questioner. Were you surprised to get the result questioner or not? I guess not, because I, when I got the result, I didn't know which way it was going, or I wasn't sure I'd kept my eye on all the categories. But I thought, well, that's fitting and reassuring, because then I'm in the right line of work. Right? <laughs> if I'm a journalist, I should be a question. Yes. Exactly. And then we always ask everybody for a try this at home. What is your try this at home for listeners? No matter where your home is, I think you have the ability when uh, when the weather is right or almost right, when the light is nice, when you can kind of smell the breeze ever so slightly and feel it, go out and take a walk. Mm -hmm. You don't need you don't need a dog like my <laughs> Regan. Like, do you like the way I slipped? Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, like nicely done. <laughs> yeah, very deftly done. You don't need a dog. You don't need any special reason other than I think leave your leave your phone at home. Mm. No ear no earbuds. And just that act of kind of being out in the air, removing those sort of excess distractions and diversions. I think you will find yourself connecting to thoughts that you didn't have, to wisdom that's in you but not accessed. And I think you will find a serenity that surprises you if you just go out and take a long walk. Oh. Mm. So many good things come from a long walk. <laughs> Thank you so much, Frank. It was great to talk to you. Thanks, Frank. Thank you both. It's really lovely to see you, and I'm, I'm, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. 
Coming up, I have a gold star for a new favorite game. But first, this break. This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The game changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, we are back with demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Well, I just mentioned my 22 for 22 list, and one of the items on my 22 for 22 list is to get up to date with my photo albums, because I do Mm. make physical photo albums out of pictures on my phone. And I give myself, I I do get a partial gold star, because I did, like, in a, just like, a, a wave of productivity. I sat down <laughs> and did this in like one big session and I got these three giant photo books back. But I don't count this completed until I go through and write handwritten captions in the books. Because some people, you can type them in and have them be all pretty. That's too much work for me. So I, I like to sit and mm. usually I will like rewatch Game of Thrones and write the captions. And I went to all the trouble to get these books done, but I just haven't done this final task that would mm. allow me to cross it off the list, even though I know I will get so much satisfaction from that. So I just need to get out my Sharpie, put on Game of Thrones, pull out this book, and just, I, and I enjoy it. I don't, it just, it feels like a lot. You know, it's one of those things where it's not hard yeah. and it's enjoyable. It just feels like a lot. Well, Gretch, I am going to give you a gold star because I think you've just offered a bonus hack, which is to do this thing of Mm. writing the captions rather than putting them in. Because I do think that slows down a lot of people, like the thought of having to type them in. So I think that's a great idea. You just need to now do it. Well, another thing that's kind of nice about it is I often will say to um, Jamie, Eliza, and Eleanor, will you write some captions too? And they won't do it as systematically as I do. But it is really fun to see everybody's different handwriting. And, of course, when they were younger, their handwriting was young. So, like, it had a lot of, like, exclamation points and, like, big arrows. And so you and I have terrible handwriting. So that's kind of a drag. But it is fun to see people's handwriting, too. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. Okay, but, Elizabeth, 
Bring us up. What's your gold star? Okay, I am giving a gold star to a puzzle game. Now, everybody knows about Wordle, which Sarah and I talked about on Happier in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and it's sweeping the nation. Wordle is where you <laughs> it solve. Is everywhere. It's a five-letter word, and you have six guesses to figure it out. Well, now there's Quordle, Q-U-O-R-D-L-E, mm-hmm. where you're doing four Wordles at once. So... You have nine mm. chances, but you are trying to guess four different words. So it's just super fun. If you are a Wordle fan, as I am, it's great to sort of expand on the Wordle world with Quartle. So I recommend it. <laughs> Quartle.com. Well, let me ask you this, though. I have not gotten into Wordle the way you have. But I know that one of the things you like about Wordle is that it's just once a day, so it doesn't become that soul-sucking app the way some games yes. can be. Is Quirtle something that's also limited so that it can't become, you know, every every medicine becomes poison and you don't yes. want it to become something that you're doing for five hours a day? Well, yes and no. Quirtle only has one daily game officially. However, they've done a thing where they have practice games. So I'm trying uh, to oh. not allow myself practice games, but just the one a day. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Keep it fun. Yes. Okay. The resources for this week. I'm going to be doing a 30-minute Instagram live conversation with Dan Harris. Dan Harris, of course, of the 10% Happier app, the 10% Happier book. We're going to be talking about meditation. He knows a ton about meditation. And Elizabeth, when we announced that we were doing hashtag rest 22 and 22, a lot of people mentioned meditation as something that they were going to try to use as a way to have more rest. So I'm going to talk to him about things like, is meditation rest or is it restful? Are there different Mm. types of meditation? What are the benefits? If you're having trouble making a habit of it, how do you do it? What are his tips and advice for people who want to start? So that is going to be March 3rd, 2022 at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And just go to at Gretchen Rubin on Instagram to join that conversation. And on the subject of hashtag Rust22 and 22, remember that there is a PDF that you can use for your Rust22 and 22 at happiercast.com slash Rust22 in 2022. So, Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading? I am listening to The Buy Side by Turney Duff. How about you? And I'm reading Chattering by Louise Stern. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Try a series of 30-day challenges. Let us know if you tried it and what challenges you set yourself. Thank you to our guest, Frank Bruni. You can read his terrific memoir, The Beauty of Dusk. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter, at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like this show, here it comes, the weekly message. Please be sure to tell a friend. That really is how people hear about our show. Also, rate, review, and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. So, Elizabeth, you've started shooting. How is shooting going? It's great, except, Gretch, today we were doing, like, a big doc scene where the guests arrive on the plane, and we don't have a plane.
because the plane needs a part and it's stuck in the um, shipping delays. So we're having to be very creative. Hopefully it'll arrive tomorrow. (laughs) The missing plane. Yes. From the Onward Project. This episode is brought to you by Maui Nui Venison, a mission-based food company bringing the healthiest red meat on the planet directly to your door. I highly recommend their venison jerky sticks. I love them. I like the original kind. I like the peppered kind. They're great for carrying around. They make a great snack. They're delicious and very filling. Not only does this company provide the most nutrient-dense and protein-dense red meat available, This is the only stress-free, 100% wild-harvested red meat on the market, an operation that is actively managing Maui's invasive axis deer populations, helping to restore balance to vulnerable ecosystems and communities in Hawaii. Get 20% off your first order at www.mauinuivenison.com slash Gretchen. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I. V-E-N-I-S-O-N dot com slash Gretchen. 